The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. And today I'm joined by Neil Puglisi. Neil is a director of special projects who works for projects with the city of Beaufort. Neil, how are you today? Doing great. I mean, hey, how bad can it be here in South Carolina? I mean, every day's a great day in South Carolina. I like it. We were, just before we got started, talking about the incredible number of um, things going on project-wise with the city of Beaufort. But today we are here to talk about the Mossy Oaks Stormwater Drainage Project, because this is the one that was the recipient of one of the Municipal Association's 2022 Achievement Awards. As I understand, this uh, this was an effort with a neighborhood that had ongoing drainage challenges that was resolved with a number of jurisdictions coming together. Beaufort, Beaufort County, the state was involved, the utilities, nonprofit groups, the Army Corps of Engineers. This was a sub- substantial project. It absolutely was. And when you take a look at a, at a project uh, that covers 800 acres in two different watersheds, you're going to, and you're on a coastal uh, community, by the way, you're mm-hmm. going to run into multiple jurisdictions and it's going to cross lines. Of course, water. Water doesn't understand municipal boundaries. Okay, this is the, <laughs> this is city A, this is city B, this is township A, township B, uh, state A, state B. I mean, they just don't reckon water does not recognize that. We haven't trained water to get to that point just yet. However, so you're gonna ha- you're gonna assume whenever you get into one of these projects that you're gonna you're gonna touch at least two, maybe three, maybe four jurisdictions. In our case here. Because we were touching the coastline, because we were touching physical uh, land and the confluence of a couple different jurisdictions, we knew that this was going to be one heck of a complex project. And it Mm -hmm. turned out to be a complex project because, as you so aptly noted, Russell, you know, we had everybody from the federal government down to the local government that was involved to include our quasi-governmental agencies. Mm -hmm. So... Can you help us begin with wrapping our minds around the scope of the issue involved in this? Because I know there's flood, we're talking flooding, we're talking storm surge, we're talking tidal issues in this neighborhood. It, it, really, is, it, it really is what I like to call an all of the above problem set. And the all of the above problem set is not only do you have the tidal issues, not only do you have the rain issues and what we mm-hmm. so aptly referred to as rain bombs, uh, but you also have uh, the multiple jurisdictions, which is another component which goes into the witch's brew all in and to itself. But then you've got engineering, legacy engineering mm-hmm. uh, from the 50s. And of course, we're a lot smarter in 2022 than we were in 1952. Mm-hmm. And so we're battling with drainage problems where you've got some pipes that are not the right size, not the right elevation. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, uh, when you've got a system that's undersized, not at the right elevation, uh, you're going to run into some difficulties. And that is precisely what it is that we found ourselves in with the Mossy Oaks project. Uh, and I, I just want to say that 
uh, not just because I I work, you know, for the city of Beaufort, mm-hmm. but big shout out to the city of Beaufort because when you take a look at the complexity of this project, the city of Beaufort could have said, "Hey, you know, this isn't my this isn't my problem. Go talk to." Go talk to these people, talk to DOT, talk to OCRM, talk to the Army Corps of Engineers, talk to Port Royal, talk to the County of Beaufort, you know, talk to the state. But the city of Beaufort took the courageous stance of saying, you know what, we have a problem and we don't care who it belongs to. We're going to take the lead in taking care of this issue. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what they did. And so uh, they, they could have been legally correct that it wasn't their problem and they could have shoved them off to someone else. They did not do that. And for that courageous step, they need to be applauded. And of course, it's one thing to take a courageous stand. It's another thing to throw real dollars at the problem. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about throwing $10 million at at a problem in the aggregate. Now, when you look at that through the prism of a municipal budget of about, you know, $20, 22000000 million annually, that's a pretty big chunk. Absolutely. So just, Absolutely. So that just gives you a little bit of context right there. How many components are there involved in this? The I saw when I was there for the video shoot and understood the tidal flap gates that could let the water out but not let the water – how many, how many components are involved? So, are you talking about to the to the uh, the components of the drainage system, or yes, the, yes? Okay, so the components of the drainage system really kind of extend back to really kind of our our major our main uh, service routes or the major roads, mm-hmm. going all the way back to you know one of our major thoroughfares, which is called Repo Road, mm-hmm. all the way to the marsh, and we're talking about really you know 500, 500 acres. Uh, 500 acre space where you've got, you know, drainage, storm drainage at the at the street level, the size of the pipes, uh, mm-hmm. utilities, the relocation of the utilities. Because of course, in in these sorts of projects, there are two things which don't move very efficiently, uh, or you can't you can't adjust them. Rather, that sewer and that storm drainage. Mm-hmm. So sewer, of course, well, you know, you know the old expression, you know, it's got to it's got to go downhill, okay? <laughs> it can't it can't go yes. uphill, you know. And so when you've got a sewage pipe, a sewage pipe has to go at a certain elevation, at a certain grade, down so that it flows out. Well, the same thing is true with drainage. So if you could imagine taking all the drainage and making sure that the drainage goes downhill over a distance of 500 acres mm-hmm. that that's quite significant because that means that everything else has to move out of its way because it has to go down so that mm-hmm. means that the relocation of you know gas lines the relocation of electrical uh, lines where where necessary mm-hmm. the relocation of communication lines where necessary and then to put everything at the right at the right size and then, of course, the flap gates, you know, working off of really kind of, you know, years and years of, of tried and tested technology, 
they prevent the tide water from coming in mm-hmm. at a certain level. So we set our tide gates at 5.4 inches. So five feet, four inches. Mm-hmm. So when the tide gets above five feet, four inches, the tidal flap gates close and prevent the tidal water from inundating neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So, so there are three components that we like to refer to with water inundation. One is rainwater, one is tidal water, and one mm-hmm. is groundwater. So if you can control one of those components, tide water and rainwater in particular, you've got a pretty good chance of, of being successful with your project. Well, the, the tidal flap gates worked in order to control the tidal inundation of the neighborhoods mm-hmm. along the water line. Okay. We, we talked about all the different groups coming together, how multi-jurisdictional this is. How, um, what was that like about getting all, what was that like getting all these groups involved in the same room on this? Okay, so the, the predicate for this is that the people from these different agencies, they're all good people. You know, you hear a lot of people pointing fingers, fixing blame, doing this and doing that. That's because they just, they don't have a full appreciation of what their, well, what their mandates or what their charters may be. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, but all these people are good people. So when you get all these, these people who are, who are capable of making decisions in one room and explaining the problem set and then saying, hey, we got to come up with a solution here, guys and gals. Help us get to a point where we can deliver some relief to, to the local, to the local community. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that that they, that they come together after understanding the problem. And it really is problem framing. Uh, when did they understand the problem? Now we can work towards a solution. Now, where this gets into into play here, of course, is that uh, you've got to conduct these sorts of meetings. I think in person, mm-hmm. you can't conduct these meetings over email. Uh, you can't conduct these meetings by, you know, formal letter. You've got to do it face to face with a well articulated problem so that they understand where they need to get to. Because a lot of our regulatory agencies have got policies and procedures which are at odds with each other. So, for instance, the Army Corps of Engineers and the OCRM may have competing policies, Mm -hmm. both aiming towards the same end state. But how they get there may be a little bit different. You just got to burn through some of those, so through uh, some of those complexities. And once you can do that, well, then you're you're headed off to uh, uh, success. That makes sense. Absolutely. You 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 mentioned how much funding was involved in making this happen. Can can you talk about the funding for this entire effort? I sure can. So we we received quite a bit of money in uh, in funding for this for this project of course you know the city went out with a with a six million dollar bond and then we got you know the 3.8 million dollars uh from from one component we got another one and a half million dollars from another component and it was a combination of community development block grant funds um rural infrastructure authority uh funds and then we also got contributions from our partners. So we got a contribution from 
Buford County. We got mm -hmm. a contribution from Buford Jasper Water Authority, uh, Sewer Authority. We got contributions from the Town of Port Royal. So mm -hmm. once you take the lead on these things and you say, hey, we want to go ahead and and fix the problem set, you know, can you can you pony up some, you know, some some resources so we can get this this job done? And we found that that was uh, that that was the, the way to go. And of course, you know, going out with the six point one million dollar bond was also very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. So myself and Meredith Hawk from the association, we joined the film crew in May in Beaufort to create the video illustrating illustrating this project. It's a lovely video. Anyone who hasn't seen it should go on the Municipal Association's website and give it a look. But, and we were talking about this before we started rolling, there's been plenty of plenty of stormy weather of late. So I could ask you what in this in this past year since the spring has been the operational experience of all of these stormwater efforts. Okay. So that is an outstanding question. We have been tested this summer like no other. Now I don't have the specific details at the ready. However, I will I will tell you that we have had an exceptionally wet spring and summer exceptionally wet and we have what are uh, called these rain bombs and these rain bombs will dump anywhere between four and six inches of water in a space of two hours mm -hmm. so we start talking on the order of magnitude of probably you know 90 uh, olympic-sized swimming pools uh, falling down in a very very concentrated area over a mm -hmm. two-hour period of time that oftentimes is a uh, significant emotional event for for the for the uh, people who live in this area mm -hmm. and so this has really put the put the system to the test and what this has identified is other improvements to the system that we need to make in order to facilitate the evacuation of water once it once it happens upon us in those quantities mm -hmm. there's a famous there's a famous book out there for kids called the moose who ate the muffin and of course the the moose who ate the muffin, <laughs> you got a muffin, but what do you need? You need butter. Well, you need jam. Well, you need, you know, coffee to go with it, hot chocolate. Then you need whipped cream. You see, you get the point. Mm -hmm. So while we have a good system, the drainage system here is an outstanding system. We have improvements which need to be made to it in order to A, maintain it, and B, increase the capacity of the system. Mm -hmm. If we're going to continue having these brain bomb sort of events. Okay. I, I was going to ask you what, what is next for floodwater management in Beaufort, but I think you have already answered it, that there are further steps in, in this process. Well, there are. So the city of Beaufort had nine troubled areas that were, that were plagued by uh, drainage, drainage type issues. We burrowed that down to about four areas now. So we burrowed down from nine to, to, to four. We're very, very happy about that. Uh, very, very pleased about that whole, uh, that whole thing there. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to, A, we're going to work on the, the remainder of the four areas that are troubled. But B, we're, we're currently taking steps to enhance and maintain the areas that we've already improved. Mm -hmm. And I just would, I would add this. 
if there's nothing else that anyone takes away from this podcast, nothing else, I would say that once you put in a multi-million dollar system, that is only as good as your capacity to maintain it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the vehicle. So if you go out and you buy yourself a, a very nice Maserati, if you will, you spend <laughs> your life savings on a Maserati and you don't maintain the Maserati, then what you actually have is you've got a piece of metal occupying the space in your garage that you cannot move. Well, we can put in the Cadillac of, of, um, of storm drainage systems, but if we don't maintain it and then throw resources to maintaining it year over year, well, then we're going to be right back in the, in the situation that we found ourselves in in 2017, which mm -hmm. is homes are getting flooded and the people who are least capable of absorbing a uh, financial hit uh, spurred on by the necessity to, you know, uh, move to a hotel or temporary lodging because their home got flooded. Uh, we're going to be right back in that situation. We don't want to be there. So, you know, we've taken uh, proactive steps in order to resource our storm drainage uh, uh, capacity appropriately. Mm -hmm. I, I can say I've I've never heard infrastructure compared to vehicle maintenance, but it makes a tremendous amount of sense to me because I always see it, infrastructure that is below the surface, it can be so easy to forget about once it's in place, but it, it does require that ongoing maintenance. It totally does, and it's not sexy. So, you know, people aren't going to see the green grass, they're not going to see the flowers, they're not going to see the trees, they're not going to mm -hmm. see all those things that are nice above ground, but, you know, to have the pipes clear and clean and free and inspected and operating at peak efficiency that really is is what we endeavor to uh, endeavor to achieve, and I think that we're, we're we're achieving that at present. We can always do a much better job, mm -hmm. but we're we're doing that at present. But we just need to uh, have that transition from regime to regime to regime, regardless of who takes over. Mm -hmm. And maintenance is going to be at the forefront of that of that effort. No, absolutely, no doubt about it. So so. so I would leave, I would I would just say that you know the Maytag repairman. I'm gonna make a lot of analogies here, but <laughs> the Maytag repairman, where he's the loneliest guy in the world because the because the washing machine works. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the way that's the way that we need people to view the storm drainage system. Is that hey, they they know it's storming outside, but they know that it it just works. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Um. So that is a excellent takeaway, but I would ask if there are any other important things that you think other cities and towns across South Carolina can, can learn from what Beaufort has done in this situation. Because as we've seen a lot recently, flooding is not an exclusively coastal problem. Flooding can happen in just about any corner of the state. So the biggest thing that any community can do is they can understand the problem set. Mm -hmm. And understanding the problem set can be as simple as making sure that all survey data that is collected within 
a boundary or an area or a region is collected and stored in one location because the better that you know your own environment, the better you're going to be able to address a problem once that once you once you have a problem. And then, of course, understand your environment. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by understanding your environment is you have to really kind of do a deep dive and have somebody on staff who can who can do the hard work of doing the analysis. What are the states of my storm drainage system? Where are my utilities located? Where's my uh, low to moderate income housing? You know, if we have a flooding problem, how does this impact it? So you've got to have someone who can put some elegance to understanding the problem mm-hmm. from from really kind of a larger perspective than just, you know, Mrs. Jones has got some flooding in front of her house. Mm-hmm. Well, Mrs. Jones has got flooding in front of her house because of these other grand factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and so there has to be someone at the municipal level um, who's who's focused on understanding the problem on a much, much larger scale. And uh, the the easiest no knowables are those things which are available to municipalities. Mm-hmm survey of streets survey of the drainage systems location of utilities location of your homes i mean that's that's really what people need to they need to understand the operating environment you mentioned you knew you know this project like the back of your hand but in terms of understanding these systems i imagine your understand your back of the hand understanding extends to the this entire system i do so and I'll just throw this out there. Um, I'm not an engineer. Um, you know, I am a an old, crusty, retired Marine Corps colonel. <laughs> and, you know, what I think that I, I, I was able to bring to the table is that when, when faced with a room full of engineers, I have no problem saying, I've got no earthly idea what it is you're talking about. <laughs> Please break this down Barney style. And explain it to me as if I'm a, a third grader. And so, so when you can when you can get down to that level of granularity, then I think you cause people to really understand understand the you know, the, the the problems, and you can get to addressing some of the uh, some of the challenges. But it's got to be broken down. Now, I love engineers. I work with a ton of engineers, but sometimes the engineers speak engineer speak. And it speaks past us regular, mm-hmm. you know, uh, regular folks. We just need to break it down to the simplest fashion so that, A, we understand what the problems are, and, mm-hmm. B, we know how to uh, approach it so that we can overcome those challenges. Very good. Well, that uh, that makes a tremendous amount of sense to me, and I certainly applaud you for being able to understand engineers. I know I often cannot that covers everything I had to ask you. Any 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 final thoughts as we wrap this up? I, I I would probably offer up that if anyone has got any issues, any questions regarding these types of matters, you know, get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be more than happy to um, talk with anybody, work with anybody on on logical steps to address their 
their you know their their problem areas and i just i just have a good time i have a lot of fun doing this mm-hmm. sort of stuff okay well, as, as a reminder to our listeners, uh, you can find the Achievement Award videos, including the Beaufort Project, on our website, www.masc.sc. And remember that you can find this podcast, the City Quick Connect podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, SoundCloud. And with that, Neil... Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and talk about all of this. Hey, terrific. Hey, like I said, it's just another fantastic day here in South Carolina, and what a beautiful place to be. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.